You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. Title this morning's message, Remember Me. Because I believe that there are many people today in a a room this size, there are several of us today that we simply feel forgotten about. We simply feel unworthy of being found. You see, we're lost. We're a mess. We're lost in the chaos and lost in the situation. We're lost in our mistakes and our failures and our shortcomings. And it seems to you and maybe to some of us in the room that there's no hope to being found. I want to look at a very small section of the Easter story. And I want to let that be the launching pad for our message this morning. Now, this may be a little bit different approach to Easter. Maybe you are very faithful to Easter Sunday morning services. So for the last 20 or 30 years, you've heard the same message over and over. It's just been kind of tweaked a little bit or tweaked a little this way or that way. This morning's message is going to be a little different. We're not going to look at the traditional aspects of the Easter story. But I believe that's okay. Because what I've discovered about Jesus is this. He came to serve and not be served. And I believe that that Jesus, our Messiah, our Lord, I believe that his heart would be this. Not for this time to be a, a memorial service. I don't believe that he would just want this to be a moment of retelling a story. But I believe that he would want this to be an opportunity for each and every one of you in this place today to have a life change in him. You see, Easter is the greatest day in history. I was having a conversation in the lobby this morning with, with one of the guys, and he said, you know what? Christmas is great. Christmas is incredible, but Easter... Easter is the game changer in our lives. Easter is the moment that that Jesus came to, to give his life, to give you a new opportunity, to give you a new way out, to take you from lost to found. I want you to listen very carefully to our text today. Let me kind of set up the, the scenario here, what's happening. Jesus is being crucified. They place him on the cross and traditionally referred to as the cross in the middle, and and on either side of him are these criminals, these guys that that have really messed up, and we're going to talk a little bit about them in just a moment, but they're on on either side of Christ, and they're being crucified alongside him, and the Bible says this in Luke chapter 23, it says, one of the criminals hanging beside him, hanging beside Jesus, scoffed, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourselves and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God? Even when you have been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes. But this man, he's done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember 
me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I love his response, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Here we have, have two men, both criminals, both deserving the punishment that they're facing, yet each one of them chose to have a different take on the accounts of the day. Now, let me help you understand these criminals just for a moment. Matthew chapter 27, it tells us these two men were, were robbers. But these weren't the pickpocket robbers. These weren't the, the sneaky Roberts, the original Greek word here literally means this, one who uses violence to rob openly. These were bad dudes. One commentary that I was reading this week said it's possible that they could have been murderers killing in order to steal. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan has come to steal from you. Satan has come to, to kill you spiritually, emotionally, relationally. He's come to destroy you. But the Bible goes on in John chapter 10, verse 10, to say, but Jesus has come. Oh, come on, somebody. But Jesus has come that you may have life. Come on, look at this. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus has come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. These two men who openly cause violence or even kill or murder in order to steal are hanging on either side of Jesus. Many of us in the room, if not all of us, have heard this statement. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. It's a statement that was coined back in the 1960s before I even existed. Hallelujah. See, not often can I say that anymore. I mean, at the point of my life and my age where I have to scroll up on any of those forms you're filling out online. I have to scroll up to find the date of, of my birth. It's, it's not a good time. But in this moment, I wasn't in the 60s, barely in the 70s. I mean, the very beginning of the 70s, that is. <laughs> this phrase was coined in the 60s as a point of advice to not do something risky unless you are willing to accept, fully accept the weight of the consequence. That's kind of where our criminals were that day. Two men, both equally deserving of their punishment. They're facing death. They have a choice to make. How will they respond to Jesus? One chose to join the crowd in mocking Jesus. The other realized the need for life and cried out in mercy. Today, for the next few moments, I want to look at the idea of forgiveness. You see, I believe that each and every one of us in this room needs forgiveness. 
Every person in this room needs forgiveness. Whether, whether you're willing to admit it, or you're ready to admit it or not, you need forgiveness. How do I know that? Because right now you're thinking this, well, pastor, you don't even know me. I've never been here before. We've never talked. How do you know that I need forgiveness? The answer is very simple. You're human. We do things that we know that we shouldn't do. We say things that we know that we shouldn't say. We think things that we know that we shouldn't think. The list goes on and on. We're faulty. We mess up. We need forgiveness. That's what Easter's all about. Taking that which was lost and finding it. I mean, here in just a little bit, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. What do we do with Easter eggs? We hide them so we can find them. I, I love this little clip I saw on social media this week. It was a, an Easter egg that was painted all camouflage. And it was talking to a group of Easter eggs that were painted traditional Easter egg. Just craziness. And the one in camouflage looked at the other ones and said, You all just want to be found, don't you? Easter is all about finding things. Now, look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 19. For the Son of Man, and who is that? Jesus. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus came to seek you out. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. To seek and to save those who are lost. You see, if you have not given your life to Christ, if you haven't asked him to come into your heart, if you haven't asked him to forgive you of the mess ups that have occurred in your life, then by definition, you are lost and you need to be found. I want to take a few moments this morning. I want to look at two sides of forgiveness. Are you ready for it? Number one, we must learn to forgive others. Can I be honest with you? That's hard. It's hard to forgive others. Forgiveness is something that we want. Would you forgive me? I've messed up. Would you forgive me? We, we want to receive it all day long. We want to grab a hold of it. We want to clothe ourselves in everybody else's forgiveness. But when someone else needs forgiveness, I don't know I can forgive you or not. I want you to listen very carefully. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. That's good. That's good news. Now, we could stop right there and say, man, we've got the answer. We can be found because God will forgive me. But look what it says next. But if you refuse, look at your neighbor and say, don't do it. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. Church, I want you to grab a hold of this this morning. If we forgive those that have wronged us, God will willfully forgive us. Yet if we fail to extend forgiveness to those who have hurt us, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Man, that's hard. It's hard. 
But is it enough just to say, please forgive me, or I forgive you? I don't necessarily think so. See, words can be very empty. You see, forgiveness is more than just a few words that we spout out. It's a, it's a heart change. It's a heart condition. In fact, forgiveness is a complete change on the inside that is reflected by the actions on the outside. Come on, let that sink in just for a moment. Some of you need to write that down. Forgiveness is a complete change on the inside. Jesus is more concerned about your inside than he is about your outside. He's more concerned about what's happening in here. You see, the moment we give our life to him, he begins to change us and does a work on the inside. The Bible says in Galatians that the Holy Spirit places this kind of behavior in us. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For some of us, we don't have that at all by ourselves. Can I be honest? For some of us, we're just plain jerks. Did I say that on Easter? But oh, for the grace of God. He looks into our lives and says, I got something for you. I want to I, I pour into you a little bit of love. I, I want to give you my joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. I, I want to give you grace. I want to give you patience. I want to give you kindness. I want to place inside of you goodness. You see, he begins to pour inside of us the ingredients that we need to move from lost to found. I want to forgive you today for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Forgiveness is a complete change on the inside that is reflected by the actions on the outside. So how do I know when I've actually forgiven somebody? You will know that forgiveness has begun when you recall those who hurt you and feel the power to wish them well. Man, guys, I, I could spend all day long and part of tomorrow talking about this. Forgiveness is tough. But it's daily saying, God, would you help because I can't do this by myself because the hurt is too deep. You see, that's when he begins to do that work on the inside. When you truly cease to hold on to resist, uh, resentment, when you desire to start anew and begin to move forward, then you've achieved forgiveness. See, Christ even demonstrated in the Lord's Prayer forgiveness. Look what he says in Matthew chapter 6. He's talking to the disciples and he says this, Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Did you see that? Forgive us as we have forgiven. Mm. I don't know about that. Because I want a greater forgiveness than I give out. Right? 
can you honestly say this today? God, would you, God, would you just forgive me the same way that I forgive those around me? There's a song that was written by Matthew West in 2012 called Forgiveness. And in it, he simply says this. It's the hardest thing to give away. It's the last thing on your mind today. It always goes to those who don't deserve. It's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they cause is just too real. It takes everything you have just to say the word forgiveness. What I found out this week is this song, it was inspired by a true story of a mom who chose to forgive a drunk driver who took her 20-year-old daughter's life. Notice here I said she chose. Forgiveness is a choice. Will you choose today to forgive those and will you choose today to receive Forgiveness. Our criminals on the cross, you know, the one that, that joined with the crowd, the one that cried out for mercy, they had a choice to make that very first Good Friday. How would they respond to Jesus? And I ask you the same question. How will you, this Easter Sunday morning, this resurrection day, this celebration moment, how will you respond to Jesus? Too many of us go through life holding on to those trials. We try to cover it up, but that dagger is still stuck in our side. We just can't seem to part with it. We hold on to the anger. We relive the hurt over and over and over. We even dwell in the resentment from time to time. But the extra baggage is beginning to wear us down. That hurt begins to cycle through a myriad of emotions and begins to settle in as bitterness. And the bitterness is tearing apart our lives piece by piece. We can't seem to get rid of it. So we join in with the mockery of the crowd, mocking Jesus. Have you been there? Holding on to the hopelessness? Grabbing a hold of the emptiness and the loss of joy and ultimately you you feel lost? You don't know where to turn? I want to encourage you today, don't allow the lack of forgiveness to rob you from all that God has in store for you. You see, we're not just talking about forgiving others. I want to look at the second side of forgiveness. We must learn to forgive ourselves. We must learn to forgive ourselves. If we not only fail to forgive others, but we fail to forgive ourselves as well, we are not allowing God to give us the full victory. The Bible says that overwhelming victory is ours. Because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. He came to move you from being lost to being found. He's come to take you from hopelessness into a life of hope. He's come to take you from a life that is just consumed with bitterness and hurt and strife and grief and guilt. To set you free, the Bible says, he who the Son sets free 
It's truly free. It's free through and through. It's time to allow God to move you from lost to found. But if we fail to, fail to really place ourselves in that moment of, of giving ourselves forgiveness, we are in essence saying, God, the price you paid on the cross, no, it doesn't work for me. I, I, I can't be forgiven. But that's not true. But pastor, you don't know how many times I've messed up. You don't know how many times I've failed. You don't know how many wrong choices I've made or how many bad thoughts I've had. You just don't understand. Well, here's what I know. You are worth forgiving. You are worth forgiving. God's grace is not dependent upon your goodness. That's good news. God's grace isn't dependent upon how good I am. But God's grace is sufficient for you and for me. It was the price that he paid on the cross of Calvary. Do you remember what he said on the cross? It is finished. It's a done deal. I've taken care of it all. It's the greatest day in history. But here we have one criminal on the cross realizing that Jesus was capable of meeting that greatest need. More than being rescued in the moment, he needed forgiveness for his life. He was lost and needed to be found. I discovered in 1 John chapter 4 that, that Jesus came to do just that. He came to be the Savior of the world. Last time I checked, I'm part of the world. He came to be my Savior. He came to be your Savior. He came to forgive me. He came to forgive you. You are worth saving. And God wants nothing more than to forgive you and reconcile the relationship. And I promise you there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate you from God's love. In fact, Romans chapter 8, Paul is writing here and he says, I am convinced. I am absolutely convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, or demons. Neither our fears for today, or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, let me tell you right now, that's good news. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how many times you've failed. I've come to tell you today, he's ready to move you from lost to found. He's ready to give you a new way out. He's ready to give you hope. He's ready to give you the forgiveness you need. Let's step back a few verses. Before the conversation with the criminals, Jesus makes a blanket statement that I believe applies to you and to me as a game changer for our lives. 
It says this in verse 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. Have you ever messed up and then you thought, what in the world did I do that for? Have you ever said something or, or had a thought or, or did something and then you thought, I don't know why that just happened in my life. Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. Forgive them. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. All you need to do today is cry out to him. We had two criminals on the cross. One of them that day willfully chose to join together with the the mockers. If you're really the son of God. (laughs) I look at you. Got that makeshift crown on your head. Moments ago, you had a robe. You really think you are him, don't you? If you're really the son of God, why don't you climb off this cross, save yourself? Hey, and by the way, take me off the cross with you. Mocking Jesus. The second criminal, I believe in that moment, he began to feel the very presence of the Messiah. I believe he began to to look at his life, the brokenness, the mistakes, the bitterness, the grief, sorrow. As he hung on that cross, he began to think of all the things that had happened in his life and all the pieces. I heard a pastor one time talking about this verse. And he said this, could it be, I want you to imagine with me for a moment, could it be that this criminal on the cross was crying out to Jesus to take the pieces of his broken life and begin to put him back together again? See, more than anything else in that moment, This particular criminal, this robber, this murderer, he needed Jesus to remember him. To put all the pieces of his broken life back together. To really give him life. Maybe that's where you are right now. You're sitting in this room and you're thinking of all of the brokenness and all the mistakes and all the shortcomings. And you're thinking to yourself, I wonder, I just wonder this morning if Jesus would remember me. If he could, could put me back together. nothing more to convince you 
that there's no hope, that there's no way out. But I, like Paul, I'm convinced that there's nothing that can separate me because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. You are worth forgiving. Pastor, you don't know me. You are worth forgiving. You don't know what I thought. You are worth forgiving. You don't know what I did. You are worth forgiving. But maybe, maybe you're at the place you need to pass on forgiveness. You've been struggling. There's bitterness and resentment. You're trying to hide from it. You're trying to run from it. I want you to know today This is the day to take that weight, to take that load, and to place it at the feet of Jesus. Lord, would you take it right now? And would you help me to forgive as you have forgiven me? It was Lewis B. Sneeds that once said this, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover the prisoner you. Some of you today have been a prisoner for way too long. It's time to move from loss to found. Today is a day of celebration. It's, it's Easter, and I believe that Jesus wants to bring you to that place of forgiveness. He wants to remove your past. He wants to eliminate your past mistakes. He wants to place you on a brand new pathway. He wants to give you life. The question is, will you allow him today to remember? Would you allow him today to pick up all the broken pieces of your life put you back together? Place you on a new path and give you life. Would you bow your heads with me today?